super excited to have this guest today. I want to say, you know, he's like family now. Uh, we first met him when he was our instructor, our lead instructor at the Bitcoin Academy, summer 2022. It was vibey. <laughs> it was so great. Um, but our guest today is Lamar Wilson, and he is a husband. He's a father of three college kids, right? You're like an empty nester now, right? Yeah, three, three college three, students. Three college kids. We got one kid in college. The other two ain't in college right now. But yeah, we got one in college. Um, See, so, yeah. We got a lot to cover. So husband, dad, you know, Bitcoiner, and he is an expert in so many things from Bitcoin to cryptocurrency to blockchain to generational wealth building from any angle, especially mining. He, you know, his brain is insane when it comes to mining. And other people agree with us because he's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Times, NASDAQ, Bitcoin Magazine. He's been on The Breakfast Club. He's been featured in Vice. And we are so, so happy to have him here with us today on the Marcy Money Podcast. And um, you'll get to know and love him the same way we do. And we're just going to jump right into it and just ask you your story with Bitcoin. Because I remember in class, you gave us this imagery of like you learning um, about Bitcoin while like holding, you got like one kid over here, you got your book over <laughs> here, and you got your computer over here. And you gave us this like wonderful imagery of what it was like for you. So my, my first question for you is like, what did Bitcoin represent for you at that time when you were first starting? And does it still represent the same thing for you now, years later? Yeah, yeah. So when I got into Bitcoin, um, it was, listen, I had started off my entire journey of of all of this uh, as far as programming as a dude that really, really didn't come from a whole lot. Right. Um, shout out to my mom and dad. They did what they could. Uh, we wasn't completely we wasn't in complete poverty, but we were lower middle class. Right. Because I, I at least had two parents at home really working their butts off. My pops was a Janitor, my mom was a secretary, as they used to call them. Now I think they call them uh, assistant. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, executive assistants. Yeah, um, executive assistants now, or administrative yeah. assistants. Yeah, administrative <laughs> assistants. Uh, but back then, it was a janitor and a, and a secretary. So I came from a very loving family. My dad also is a preacher. He, he became a pastor later in my life. Um, and then when you when you fast forward, my my wife, who was at one point my baby mama, because we were not married. Um, we 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 were going through some very hard times. If you talk about being impoverished, we were definitely impoverished. Uh, we were on food stamps the whole nine. So we come from that situation, and I understood that, and I understood what the financial system basically had done to not only black people, but just people who don't have a whole lot of money, um, and how the financial system tends to hold you down. And so when I found Bitcoin, the first time I found Bitcoin, it was because I heard about it because we were pitching a business idea. And my story is crazy. It's like super long. The Bitcoin part is a whole nother segment. Yeah. But um, we were just pitching a business idea to some VCs out in California. And uh, the business idea we was pitching to him, we wound up not being about nothing. But in that pitch, he, he brought up, he said, I see you guys are working with a virtual currency in your game platform. Have you heard of Bitcoin? And I thought he said big coin, like B-I-G coin. And he was like, no, nah, have you heard of Bitcoin? We was like, uh, nah, I ain't never heard of that. So we walk out the, I walk out of the meeting with my business partner. And I'm like, Bitcoin? He's like, I think he said Bitcoin. I said, okay. So he looked it up on his phone. We both looked at it. And when you, when you build a startup, 
you kind of you kind of got a little urgency to you. Like I ain't worried about nothing else to say out here. Like right, whatever. Like let's keep it moving. This is like 2011, right? Now, if you imagine what the price Damn, of Bitcoin that was, was early, yeah, yeah was it was like fifty dollars or something at the time. <laughs> it was less than that in, in 2011. And so, fast forward, I remember maybe 2012-13, I saw an article that popped up, and it was talking about um, Bitcoin reaches all-time high. It was like 200-something bucks. I, I think I remember that's what it was, and I was like, here's that Bitcoin thing again. So I look at it, I'm like, let me go check this out. So I go back to the website we was on before, and this time, instead of me like, whatever, I look at it and get the white paper. And the Bitcoin white paper, once I read it, me having a finance background, I got a degree in finance, me being a self-taught software developer, those two things, having finance and software development and just, just that technology together. beautifully, yeah. Yeah, it's like the, that's like the best merge of anything that you could possibly have. So when I saw it, I was like, man, and the fact that it, to me, it just represented freedom. Because I'm like, I'm looking at this like, Man, I can do what I want with my money. I can send it where I want. Nobody can stop me. I can control. I can control every aspect of it. And it ain't. And the money supply is not controlled by the system. This is an it's alternative. Right. This is like a. This is like. But it's like an alternative to the financial system that you know I'm, I'm kind of a rebel, uh, a rebel against. Yeah, I'm in. So I call. Matter of fact, I hit my business part up immediately. Was like, what's <laughs> that sold? <laughs> yeah, I, for real. I was like, hey, man. I said, check this out. I said, I'm going to go all in on this Bitcoin thing. Our business, man, you got to hold it down. I'm going to help whatever I can, but I'm about to go all in. I can learn this. And that's what I did from that point. I just went all in on Bitcoin, figured out how to build a wallet, um, had to learn a lot of stuff because there wasn't many books out. Probably, I don't even know if there was any books out when I got into it. Um, matter of fact, most of the books that everybody is reading now are friends of mine that I wrote them. So it's like I met those people in the industry before they wrote the book. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I built a wallet. The wallet wound up being one of the only wallets you could get in the world for the iOS device. And we had it on the Android, iOS, and on Chrome as a Chrome extension. So we built this wallet, kind of got like a cult following out of it. People was knowing us from everywhere, like, oh my God, it's the Fever Dude. What did you name your wallet? What was the name of the wallet, Lamar? I hope it was Fever. something cool. It was Fever. P-H-E-E-V-A. Fever? Fever. Like, like, like Fever Five, like Fever Hot, however you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? And we, and we spelled it P-H-E-E-V-A. So the Fever wallet was out there. And I, oh, so I it was never, a fever. You gotta say it. Yeah, fever. You got a fever. You got a fever, and, and you need what's the the remedy is more cowbell. That kind of thing. But it's but if you if you go on YouTube and y'all can maybe cut this in if y'all doing a video version of this. If you go on YouTube, there is a commercial that we did that I always say is the best Bitcoin commercial of all time. It's the Fever Wallet Plus Gift G Y F T. If y'all look that up on YouTube, best commercial you've ever seen in Bitcoin. It's real cold, bloody. We shot that, you know what I'm saying? Got that thing together. Um, we got to add yeah, it at the end. Yeah, add, it, add, the, add the fever wallet on there, man. At the end, it'll be cold. But yeah, we did that. And it was, to me, it was like, here I am, this dude that basically our office was on the street called Georgetown Street, which if you from my community, everybody knows that's the hood, right? It's kind of like, you know, you know what streets are the hood. If you say Georgetown Street, that's the hood. Our office was right on, like literally had a Georgetown Street address. 
in the in the middle of the hood. Um, as a matter of fact, as we moved on and employees working for us, there was times that our employees was out having a smoke break and they saw a shootout like the street over. <laughs> um, so like here yeah. I am from this area, from from that street, and I'm in Vegas, and I'll never forget this dude who I'm running up to me. He sees us with these red shirts on, and he's like, oh, my God, it's the fever, guys. And this dude from Australia knows about my wallet. And that was like, to me, that was that was a, a great moment. Mama, I made it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, this dude, hey, oh, my God, it's the fever, guys. How are you guys? I love you guys. I was like, what? Like, it just it blew my mind, right? It just blew my mind to know that we had reached globally with this little thing that we built. Literally, I built it in that office on Georgetown Street, right? So it's like that that to me is what started opening my mind up and started also making me to realize that Bitcoin was a lot bigger than what I had even probably dreamed of. You know what I'm saying? Like what I had already thought of. So, and it's the, and I, I said all of that, but I need to answer the rest of your question. Yeah. Do I still and now, does same? it still mean the same thing for you or it has that meaning evolved? It still means the exact same thing. Um, I, and that's the reason why I'm so adamant about trying to get more people to learn about it. You know what I mean? Because it's it means freedom to me. And my heroes are always Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass. If you ever look at those types of people, right, these are people that are emancipated. These are people that try to uh, abolish slavery, right? So try to get people free. And so I'm always like in that same mindset. I want people to be free. And so Bitcoin is a tool for that freedom. So. How <laughs> do you navigate the early disbelievers when you were kind of first jumping into Bitcoin? Like, what was that thought process like? Man, I didn't listen. I really didn't mind the early disbeliever, right? You said, "How did I navigate them?" I know. It, I just listen. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give it to you raw. And if you don't accept it, I, what can I do? Right? And still my same mentality. I'm just gonna give you the information. Like, it's not. It's what, what's the word I can use? It's not my responsibility to make sure you eat what I feed. If you get what I'm saying. All I can do is prepare. All I can do is prepare the dish and put it on the table. If you don't eat it and get the nutrients from it, it ain't all me. I prepared the dish. You know what I'm saying? I prepared it and put it on the table. I can't. I can't do no more than that. No. Like I can't put your face down in it and force you to eat it, even though it's gonna be right. great for you, right? Because that to me that wouldn't be love, right? That wouldn't yeah. be love if I'm you to eat it. But if I put it on the table and provide you all the nutrients, and then you don't eat it, and you have your own choice. You might be full already. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can't force you to be already full. So yeah, I don't never mind the people who are who don't understand it or anything like that. Because what winds up happening is is that as the years have gone on, what do they do? Three, four years later, man, I wish I would have listened when you told you me. You should have told me, right? Or why didn't right. you make me get it? <laughs> right, right, exactly. So then it, it just to me, that's just a learning thing for them. Uh, there's a saying in Bitcoin that says people get Bitcoin at the price they deserve. Mm. You understand what I mean? That's poetic. Yeah, so it's like you get it when you get it. When you understand it enough that you feel like you want to buy some, then that's when you do it. For me, it is not my job to force you to buy it. It's just my job to educate you on it. That's it. So you're not an orange pillar. You don't believe in like this Bitcoin like maximalist thing, like orange pill everybody. Are you on that wave? And have you ever been on that on that wave? So here's the thing. There has been a weird 
shift. When I got into Bitcoin, when you sat down at the table with people who had Bitcoin, the first thing they ask you is, do you have Bitcoin? That's the first thing. Hey, you got any Bitcoin? If you said no, they'd be like, here, I'm going to show you how to get a wallet. And a lot of times it'd be like, get the Fever wallet. It's real easy. They get the Fever wallet and everybody at the table would send somebody Bitcoin. It was like a shared love type thing, right? As you have seen, some of the mentality now has been hodled, right? It's more hold and, and don't share it with nobody. Hold it for yourself. And if you don't buy it, you're an idiot. That kind of stuff, right? <laughs> like, that's what you hear. You probably see this a lot on the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially on Twitter. Excuse me, on the X. <laughs> Yo, um, so that, to me, that's the change. When we started, Bitcoin was about love, like straight up. And it was it was love and freedom because you had groups of people sharing Bitcoin. And those types of groups of people were really big libertarians. Like I'm talking about AR-15 holding. Like I remember I went to a, a, a meeting in, in uh, Texas. It was after the conference. We went down to this meeting. It was in the basement at this uh, bookstore called Brave New Books. And when I got down there, it was dudes with ARs on with flip flops, like there's that kind of mentality, right? So you like you walk down, like, damn, but they all is that where you free. got the flip flops from? No, nah, you got that from? <laughs> I always just rock the flip Lamar's flops. Always I, in flip flops, you guys. I love the flops, man. I love the flops. Your feet should be breathing. You know what I mean? There are people all over the world that don't have no shoes on, right? I at least got a little bit. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> no, nah, but uh. But not so that that's the mentality that was there. And then as we move forward, I remember that it was a shift. And I remember going to a conference called Coin Summit, which when you looked, I couldn't even afford to get in that conference. I looked in the door and you seen people with blue and gray and brown suits on. And so you knew like, hmm, the financial, the financial people are coming, right? The people that are looking is more around financials and not necessarily around the technology and freedom. The finance people are here and they are having conferences that I can't even afford to get in. We we deal with a lobby con, which is like a lobby conference. Like you just sit out in the lobby and the people that walk in and out, you can talk to them. You know what I'm saying? Because that's all you can afford. You can't afford to go in. So I remember when that shift happened and I think that whole mentality around the orange peel and all of that, that stuff is almost creating like a religious type of feel to Bitcoin. Yeah, it is culty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, culty. See, you feel that way. And it's funny because a lot of uh a lot of minorities, a lot of black folk, a lot of Latino people that I talk to, they feel that vibe. They like, hold on. Like, matter, matter of fact, some of them don't even want to touch Bitcoin because of that vibe. Yeah, it's suspicious. It's like, hold on. I'ma just be real, be like with these crazy white people. Like, real talk. Let's just let's get into what the folks be saying. Y'all know what I'm saying. It's like, who are these crazy white people with these red eyes? And it seemed mm-hmm. like a cult. Why what you talking about here? You know what I mean? And so you got to be very, like, you got to be aware. They, I don't think everybody's aware that the culture that is being spewed on Twitter is actually detracting some people away from Bitcoin, period. You know what I'm saying? And you know what they'll say? We don't care. Have fun staying poor. And it's just like, it's like, that's not my mentality. So, I don't get all the way down with that stuff. People will probably call me a Bitcoin maximalist. You know what I mean? Just because y'all understand I, I'm more Bitcoin than anything because I know why Bitcoin right. over everything. But outside of that, I'm not the religious like, oh, Bitcoin or else are you going to die or have fun staying poor? You know what I'm saying? That's not my, that's not me. 
Wow, man. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 so where I, you know, everybody always, we got the past, we got the present. Where do you see Bitcoin going in the next five, 10 years? Well, my, to my the moon. <laughs> to the moon. You got all the, you got all the quotes. You got them all. <laughs> No, my, my favorite thing is, man, my favorite conference I ever went to in my whole Bitcoin career was the African Bitcoin Conference. Was that the one in Ghana? Yeah. And and the reason why is because the people in Ghana, I mean, the people in just Africa, period, that I've talked to in Cameroon, Ghana, South Africa, Kenya, they have a different idea of Bitcoin than the Western world because it actually solves problems for them, right? In Nigeria specifically, the money is so bad, um, the currency is so crazy that I think it's around 34 to 35% of all um, adults have Bitcoin in that country. And it makes sense because on any given day, their money can fluctuate, you know, 100 Naira to the dollar, go up 100, 200 Naira to the dollar. That is a huge amount of money, right? Like to have it fluctuating 10, 20% over a small period of time is crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think to me, where it's at in the future is that more countries and more people will recognize Bitcoin as, as, as an escape from what's going on in their local economies and allow them to at least be able to store some of their wealth and then also be able to transact globally. I think people don't understand like Africa... South America have the, some of the most resources in the world, mm -hmm. like natural resources in the world. And the problem is, is that transacting globally for these uh, nations in these on these continents, they uh, they run into issues because the Western world has figured out a way to keep them down mm -hmm. by way of the debt, the the CIFA franc. If you look at what's going on with all the CIFA the the CIFA franc countries in Africa. Um, and how they don't give them access to capital. They use the money, they literally use the money to control whole regions of the world. And these are the most resourceful regions of the world. Think about it. The money is not as valuable as the thing the money buys. I say this all the time. Like if all if, if all the money just went to in the earth, the people who have actual resources, great soil, great natural resources. Those places would survive, right? right? Not the places that don't have great weather to grow stuff year round. That's the reason why people came out of the mountains or came out of, you know, uh, Europe to come to these places because that's where all the resources resided. So right. somehow we have screwed up the entire system to where now because of the monetary control and the currency that has been created, you can control entire regions just based on debt, which what is debt anyway? Right, you just making up something, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right, you just making it up. So you you made this thing up to control a whole group of individuals, and it makes it very difficult for them to get out of whatever cycle they are in. And that's why, to me, the future of Bitcoin, and what I hope the future of Bitcoin is, is not only hope for these areas, but also a pathway to freedom for all for all people. Like real talk, like it's that real to me. I don't think people understand. Like Bitcoin, because it cannot be controlled, it cannot be manipulated. 
the supply. That's really what it is. The money, the monetary supply cannot be manipulated. Then you cannot debase and devalue an entire region's value just by printing more. Right. When they print more dollars here in the United States, it affects the entire globe. It makes everybody else around the globe more poor, not just Americans who don't have assets, but people around the entire globe. It makes them a lot poorer the more dollars they print. So we keep printing dollars out of thin air here in America and it affects everybody around the globe. Yeah. Why not get out of that entire system and move to something that basically there's nobody that can actually control the, the distribution of? That to me is is huge, and I think that's where I hope the future of Bitcoin is. It lies in the people who need it the most. You know what I mean? Word, word. Um, anytime someone gives me an argument like, "Oh, but didn't you know uh, the FX guy, or didn't this happen, and didn't," and I always tell them like, "It's the systems that people try to build around Bitcoin or to capitalize on Bitcoin that ends up failing." Right. So like one of the things I always tell people is like Bitcoin itself didn't fail. It's us trying to replicate the systems that have been failing us and trying to insert Bitcoin in the equation. Like that's what really failed. And, I, and mm. I've heard that argument many times about like, oh, but that's because, you know, this failed and this. Failed. And I'm like, no, Bitcoin didn't fail. What we tried to work around it again with fiat is is what failed. Um I do want to touch on like you have like multiple businesses, like multiple like initiatives and so many things that you do. But I do want to focus on your black Bitcoin billionaire, the triple B. Um, I know it was like one of those things that um, we can say it was it kind of like popped off during the pandemic. Right. While some yep. of us were like baking bread and like, you know, <laughs> doing all of this stuff. You were out here still like furthering your movement. Can you tell us a little bit about like did that happen organically or did you see that door open and you were like, like the Kool-Aid guy who was like, I'm coming in. Like, how did that come to be? Uh, so um, I had a, I had a group on Facebook called Coinda, which started off as the black coin group. Um, they had about 26,000 people in it. <laughs> and one of those members, a good friend of mine, Sean Sorsby, he was like, Lamar, he was like, you need to check out clubhouse. He was like, I think what you what you've done on uh, on Facebook and what we used to do over there, we could probably do real good on Clubhouse. He's like, because it's just a talking platform where you can talk to people and have a room. And I was like, what? What's this? So at the time, I didn't even have like an iOS device to use because I use uh, Google Pixel. So I was like, I, I talked to my niece. She had like a little iPod Touch. I was like, let me use, let me see your iPod Touch, girl. So I put Clubhouse on it, and I was like. I was like, oh, this is cool. Okay. So I made a room, started talking about Bitcoin. People came in it. And then I hit my dude Zay up. I was like, hey, Zay. Because when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is powerful. I was like, Zay. I was like, bro, I'm thinking about making a club on um, on a, a clubhouse called Black Bitcoin Billionaires. And he was like, all right. Like, yeah. I was like, you want to get down? He's like, yeah. So I made the club and I started doing a room in there um, once a week called the Genesis Block which basically was like a news type uh, program. And I still do it now. Every Monday at 11, I get in, we do the Genesis block. We talk about uh, what's going on in Bitcoin news. People ask whatever questions. We try to educate as much as we possibly can. If they have any questions, we, you know, pull up on stage and answer questions. But what happened was that club just, because again, like you said, Clubhouse was already popping. Um, it was getting really big. 
And that club went from zero to 160,000 people. Like right now, it's 100, I think it's 163,000 people, um, like quick. And so all of those people joining, it started like, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it. I really wasn't. I wasn't, here's the thing. I was not expecting Black Bitcoin Billionaire to be a business, right? Um, it became a business because we had a bunch of CEOs from like Bitcoin companies and their investors in our audience. And they was just basically coming in listening to me teach every day. And then they started hitting me up in the back because that's another thing. Because I come from the Bitcoin love uh, side of things, we was giving Bitcoin out every day. I was giving out $10 worth of Bitcoin here and there. And then people from the crowd would send me $10 and I would give that to people. So we would just be giving. And then some CEOs jumped in my inbox like, hey, Lamar, I want to help. How can I help you, you know, keep furthering the movement? So they'll give me some, they'll give me some bread. Um, you got, you got any that left? You want to huh? throw some this way? You, you got any left? No, you want to throw some this way? No, that's the whole thing. The whole point was to <laughs> give it to people. So Andreas Antonopoulos, he came and gave a big amount. Hill Harper came through, gave a large amount. <laughs> um, and then we realized, like, every day that I'm teaching, I'm over here, and, and Jack Dorsey was in the audience, and every day I'm teaching, I'm saying cash app like a billion times. I'm like, yeah, cash app's an easy way to get it, da da da, da. So I told Zay, I was like, Zay, bro, I was like, we say cash out way too much. I was like, hey. <laughs> I was like, I know, because the thing is, <laughs> wrote a book called uh, Bitcoin in Black America, and um, Jack Dorsey had, I might like, tweeted it, right? He posted it before. So I knew they kind of knew each other. I was like, Zay, you need to hit up Jack and tell him, bro, we saying cash out too much. And, uh, <laughs> and so Zay put me in a conversation with me, him, and Jack, and then Jack connected us with the people over at Cash Out, and we wound up doing a whole bunch of initiatives with them. So they wound up, we did the Satoshi Millionaire Challenge where we was trying to make as many people as Satoshi Millionaires as possible. Um, that actually led to us giving Bitcoin to over 8,000 people directly. Like, wow. uh, and I'm working out. Um, we did, yeah, man. So like, and so from that, it just kept going, right? So then Kraken, they came through, gave us 150K. We was giving out $20,000 grants to uh, black, and, black and Latino businesses. Um, for anybody within the Bitcoin community, blockchain, even blockchain space, just trying to make sure that we, we got that out there. So we was able to do that. All of this money pretty much was like grant money. So we were like, just, we would get it and give it, get it and give it, give it and give it. Then we were some of the first people ever on Clubhouse to basically have uh, sponsored rooms. So we had like Casa wow. sponsored rooms and we made sure we gave most of that bread to the, um, to the moderators that were running those rooms. We had Casa. We had Fold sponsor rooms. We had, um, who else was sponsor rooms back then? Uh, why can't I think of the wallet? Why did it just lose me? I'm sorry, sponsor. The, the, y'all sponsored us. I can't think of your name right <laughs> now. I just literally lost it. Oh, We'll insert it later yeah. on. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool, though. It's cool, though. I can't remember the, uh, what was the wallet's name. Why is it? Why am I losing it right now? I can see the wallet. I know exactly how it works and everything. And for some reason, I just can't get it through my head. Anyway, I'll come back and remember it in a Moon, second. But breeze, it wasn't blue. It wasn't blue. I cannot. Why can I not remember Did that you wallet? Foundry. Um. No, like found, you but see, fold. Yeah, fold. I said fold already. Fold sponsored. 
I even know the dude's name. I know the dang gone. Why can't I think of this wallet's name right now? <laughs> it's throwing me off. It's gonna make me have to look it up. Anyway, um, but they sponsored too. So we had they was coming through the room, so they sponsored, and it wound up doing really well. Like we we wind up making it into a business because they wanted to sponsor, right? And I wasn't expecting none of that. I just was doing what I normally do and educating, right? Um, it was real cool too because because of the pandemic and everybody was in the house. It would be nothing for us to have like El Varna come through the club. Um, my man Amin from uh, Snowfall that plays Unk. Uh, he was always in there. Like I said, Hill Harper would come through, Tatiana Ali. Like we had all of these like stars coming through the club too. So it was like, it, it was a real good vibe. You know what I mean? Like every, all the time, all of this stuff going on. And it was like really, 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 really cool. And so that just allowed us to like, build this platform and of course once you start having numbers then everybody comes right yeah then you start getting you know start getting all the rest of it um but yeah so yeah so, so yeah let's let me see something i just saw something pop on my screen okay yeah let's keep it going i'm sorry go ahead no, that's cool so that was the connection for Black Bitcoin billionaires. So I feel like I can, uh, you know, guess how the connection for the Bitcoin Academy happened. Um, but was it like a Black Bitcoin billionaire that kind of put you on the path to being connected to the initiative, um, like the Black, like um, the Bitcoin Academy, or was the trajectory um, that got you there different? So let me tell you about this. So now, of course, you know we know the people that cash out the whole nine. There was a mayor. From a from a city that's like literally next to um, St. Louis called Cool Valley, he was one of the members of the club. He would come in all the time, get on stage. He had an idea. He said, "I got some government funding to do some things in my community, and I think his community like fifteen hundred people or something like that. It's a small city, like a small little township close to St. Louis." He's like, "And I want to be able to give Bitcoin to everybody in my city," which I thought was a cool thing. And I said, well, shoot. I was like, you know what? We need to holler at Jack because Jack from St. Louis. So let's holler at Jack and see if he'll be down with the initiative of like seeing how they can get Bitcoin to everybody in the city and then like have Black Bitcoin Billionaire come through and teach everybody in the city so they can bust night. So I hit Jack up. He didn't really respond immediately to that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right. Um, so I waited a little bit, waited a little bit, waited a little bit. And then out of the blue, like several months later, People from uh, Block members hit me up like, hey, Lamar, we trying to do do this uh, thing. Like, I think you was talking to Jack about, but we trying to do it in Marcy. And I was like, hmm, I didn't even think about that. He said, Jack and Jay-Z want to do it. Jack and Jay-Z want to be able to give back to Marcy. And I was like, so I, I thought to myself, I was like, well, it's not, it's, it's not Jack's hometown. So I guess they go in Jay-Z's hometown. And just to be real, it's a way better story line to go to Marcy than it is to, you know what I'm saying, go to Cool Valley. Shout out, shout out to the mayor of Cool Valley, man. But but you know what I'm saying? I think that's what I think that was, was what happened, right? It's just cooler to have Jay and Jack both attached to it. Um and then from there, that's how we get to the Bitcoin Academy. So I mean and I was so man, I was so happy and proud of that in that whole entire Bitcoin Academy when I came through. Everybody, everybody I met, I miss y'all. Um Man, a lot for real. I just miss the vibe, man. I miss all my all my uh, my my little seniors that be in there. Yeah, all the, the Bitcoin little, seniors. Yeah, the Bitcoin seniors. You know what I mean? 
I love them to death, that spirit. I just love the people of Marcy, man. Y'all was amazing. All the youth that came through. I love everybody, man. And I, I like I said, I kind of miss not being there this year uh, like I was last year, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? What would you say your best experience was with um, that summer of 2022? Just one my best, like, real talk, I'll tell you my, really, my best experience. I taught about mining one class, right? And I went a little deep on it, and everybody was like, Lamar, beforehand, you know, they always like, Lamar, you can't go too deep in some of this stuff because you don't want to lose nobody. But I went a little deep on it, and I remember one of the students – she was an older lady, understanding hashing really quick. And I'll never forget that because she picked it up faster than some developers that I've talked to, wow. right? And when I asked her afterwards, like, what do you do for a living? Because the way your mind thinks is like an engineer. She said she's been cleaning houses for 30 years. Wow. So that's like... You feel what I'm saying? Like, that was my favorite thing because it just lets me know that there's so much untapped potential, right? And a lot of times people get so marginalized just because of the locale in which they live. Like, it almost makes you emotional Mm because it's like, she's older, which doesn't mean that she can't start working on engineering now. But it's just like, she spent all of these years doing something that somebody probably told her or that she even thought to herself is the only thing she may could have done just because she didn't have access. Right. Just because somebody wasn't there just showing her something different. You get what I'm saying? And I think that was, that was like my, my most favorite part because it just really reminded me of why I do what I do. Why why I try to get it to the folks that most people ain't trying to get nothing into, right? Because if I'm not intentional about it, right, who is going to be? If I have if I have the knowledge and I don't take it to my people, who's gonna take it to my people? Right? And that's how I feel. And that's why I love what y'all trying to do right now with this Marcy money. Like y'all are, I would say y'all are a um Y'all are fruit of the seed that I planted, and I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The sequoia. The- yeah, like real, yeah, real talk. Like y'all, y'all really are fruit of that. And the, and the great thing about fruit is that fruit carries seeds. So as y'all get this out there and get it into the nooks and crannies of places that other people ain't going to be able to get, y'all going to plant seeds that's going to continue to keep pushing forward. And so that's why I told y'all, whenever y'all want me for anything, as long as I ain't, as long as my, it's really, as long as my wife ain't got me doing something, um, <laughs> I'm all the way, I'm all the way in because I really understand that somebody has to do the work. Like, you can't sit around and wait for somebody else to do the work. You know what I mean? You can't, you you just have to do it. And, and like, all of that stuff that happened with Black Bitcoin Billionaire happened, almost, it was almost like lightning in a bottle. Because I wasn't expecting all of that to happen, but it was just the, the whole that we were stuck in the house and Bitcoin at the same time was going up. And it was just all of these things that were continuing that, that snowball effect of going and growing that it wound up being at the right time. And I am so happy and proud to have met you two because no real talk. You know, we're valedictorians, nothing, you know, we got yeah, to yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, Y'all are like, 
No, nah, look, for real, y'all are like some of the best students, period, I've ever had. And I, I teach at colleges. I do all of that. But y'all are some of, and the reason why I say that is because it's one thing to get the knowledge, but it's another thing to apply it, right? Like, you can have a student that knows it and can regurgitate it on a, on a test, mm -hmm. but when, you, when, the, when that student knows it well enough that they can go share it with other people, that means that they got it. And not only that, y'all have the heart for the people, and that's the reason why y'all doing this show. And so, hey, hats off to y'all, straight up. I appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you, like like you say, you feel me? I, I at least for me personally, I feel like I wouldn't even have made this step without you, and without you coming to teach at the Bitcoin Academy. Because like I told you, like personally, I didn't know much about Bitcoin until you came and taught us. And like you said, you were passionate about giving people access to knowledge that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. So with that saying, I, I truly appreciate all that you've been able to do for us and the gems you continue to drop for us. Oh, man, all day. Y'all already know. Y'all family now. Y'all can't even run from me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't even run from me. I'm going to mess around be at your house chilling in, in, a, in a couple weeks or something, man. Y'all be like, Lamar, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> we'll come through. We'll, we'll keep the stoop open for you, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll save your spot. Oh, thank you. I think, Mariella, I have one more, you know, controversial question to ask you about regarding the CBDCs. But I love yep. taking Listen, yeah. like, we know Bitcoin is, like, political, right? You know, especially when it comes to, like, our communities, like, especially, like, when our identities are political. You add something that represents, like, censorship, resistance, and, and that represents freedom to us. It's going to be political, right? Um, and in looking at what's happening with all, like, political affairs, I saw recently, like, the, the candidate at Ecuador was, like, assassinated, and, like, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's, like, all these different things that are happening globally, but I think one of the biggest questions that Jimmy and I have is that we keep hearing about this like CBDC. Um, a lot of things are popping up regarding like the central bank digital currencies. And we keep hearing about like the World Economic Forum. Like, do you think um, people should, that, that want to be in Bitcoin, should they be up to date or at least understand what's going on over there? Like, and what is the ultimate goal that you think uh, the World Economic Forum is trying to do? Um, yeah, are I mean, they trying to keep us away from that freedom, or what do you think that ultimate goal is for them? I think that the World Economic Forum and every all of these different countries with the CBDCs is just uh, a lot of the same. And if you know what I mean by that, is a CBDC is not going to be any different than all of these local currencies anyway. So you, if, if the United States came out with a CBDC, it's not going to be any different than a dollar. Our dollars are already digital. Like, I don't know how many people are walking around with cash in their pocket. Most people use debit cards or credit cards. Like, who's using, are they even using apps on their phone, right? Venmo, Cash App. So it's like, like, who's really using cash anymore anyway? So a CBDC is not going to do anything more different, except they might have rules built in them to, uh, to cut you off from your money a lot faster than normal. <laughs> At least with cash, if you can go to a bank and get your cash out, then you at least got your cash and you can keep it moving. If they move to completely full digital all around the globe, then that gives them ultimate control to cut you off from anything. They can say, oh, you don't want to take the vaccine? We'll put a pause on your account globally. Right? And, oh, you don't want to... It, it will be, to me, the CBDC is purely, wholeheartedly about control. 
They'll tell you it's about protecting and making sure the terrorists don't get money and making sure people aren't able to launder money and all of this other kind of stuff, right? They'll tell you that. But really, at the end of the day, it's about being able to control you, being able to control where you send your money, where where your money goes, who gets the money. That is what CBDCs are completely wholeheartedly all about. And I think anybody in their right mind should be against CBDCs becoming a thing. Like, period. I think that's something that you should definitely go out and vote against, right? I, I just believe that. Because it, to me, it feels like the, the powers that be have gotten into a situation where they know that the currency is something that they can use to control the people. But when you have a CBDC, it takes that to the next level. Because now if I can't, as you notice, a lot of places are getting rid of a lot of their coins, right? In India, they're getting rid of certain bills, certain, certain physical bills. So if you see them continue to take physical money out of the market, all it's doing is getting into a position to where now they have money that can, can they can control and control you and they know everything mm -hmm. you spend the money. And that's why Bitcoin matters, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Bitcoin can't be shut down. We know that. We understand that. So we We've seen it. They tried and it didn't they work. Didn't right. Countries have tried. You can't stop it. Like even in Nigeria where it's huge, they try to ban Bitcoin and realize like a week or so later, oh, we can't ban another man. He's just playing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's why Bitcoin and a lot of this stuff matters because one thing we have to remember is that almost everything that we have seen in this world at one point was controlled by those with asymmetric information. It was controlled by those with more resources or control of resources. Like information was controlled. They had libraries that peasants couldn't use. They kept, they matter of fact, they kept slaves from being able to read, right? So this stuff leads to a freedom. Communication was always cut off to only certain people could communicate, could actually send out pigeons or whatever, right? Or send messages afar. You'd have to have a certain stamp for anybody to listen to what you were saying. And now we, we have democratized that communication. And I think the next paradigm, of course, is to democratize all the money, to put the money back in the hands of the people, because all of those steps along the way is about empowerment. Empowering people with information, empowering people with communication, and empowering people through money. And I truthfully believe money is one of the biggest things because, again, that is it, the same way information has been used to control people. Money is definitely used to control people. And the more we can democratize these things and put them back into the hands of the people where the people are empowered and not being put in power of, then the more freedom we will have and the, and the better our world will be for all people, not just those that are in power. You know what I'm saying? Power to the people. And Bitcoin is the future. You already know. If you didn't know, now you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, you want to bring us home? I mean, any parting words you have for our audience um, that, you know, that you want to leave them? I know we were talking about earlier, kind of similar, any advice you have for your younger self and saying just take action? and things, things of that nature. So any parting words you have for the audience? No, nah, like I just want to say this, right? First of all, make sure you tune in to Marcy Money every episode. Make sure, you, make sure you do that. And then also, the one thing I was telling them beforehand is to make sure that you, before we even got this thing started, is to make sure as you, as you being a young person to go out and take some risks. Like don't take crazy risks that you know is going to harm your body. Don't be out here having unprotected sex. 
them kind of risk is not, they're not, it's not, it's not necessary. Right. But when it comes to like educating yourself on new things, do it. If it's pick up an instrument, do it. If it's pick up a new sport, do it. Like try things, look into things that you may not, that may not, you might not think align with you. I literally, I told them before, I literally used to say, I can never program. Who sits in front of a computer all day and looks at words that's boring? And truthfully, that's one of my most favorite things to do now. Like to code is one of my, it's like a hobby almost. I, I just enjoy coding, right? I enjoy building applications. So you never know what it is you're trying to do or going to do until you start allowing yourself to have access to it. And if somebody's giving you access to something new, don't be afraid. Right. If it's not going to kill you, walk through the door. Find out what's on the other side of the door, because it might be the best thing you've ever had in your life. Like real talk. It might be the thing that you want to work on for the rest of your life. So make sure that you keep your mind and your eyes open. Make sure that you keep your, your heart open as well. Love folks, love people. And I think everything else is just falling in line, man. And I always say this at the end of Genesis block, live, love, love life. If you live, love, You'll love your life. And that's real. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Round of applause. Amazing. Where, where could the people find you on, on, on your, social, your social media, Instagram, Twitter? What's the handle? Everywhere at Big Mar, B-I-G-M-A-R-H, everywhere. On YouTube, everywhere. I don't have much stuff on YouTube yet, um, but everywhere. Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, B-I-G-M-A-R-H. You can find me on Clubhouse, B-I-G-M-A-R-H. And it's, black, of course, BlackBitcoinBillionaire.com. Make sure you check that out. We'll have the, um, we actually having a conference coming up again, hopefully in February. Uh, my wife's working on that right now as we speak. So uh, we will see you. We'll see you guys. I don't know when this is going to come out, but February 2024, it should be the Blackout Conference again. We had an amazing time last time. And hopefully we can do that again this time in Las Vegas. So Vegas, baby. <laughs> Vegas, baby. So yeah. So thank y'all, man. I appreciate it. Marcy Money. 